Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Fundamentally Sound Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. A little different this time. We're, we're, we're at a college basketball, well, we're technically at a college basketball season, but that never sl- sleeps with the new NBA draft and everything like that. But we're also never out of Knicks being terrible season. <laughs> and this is Knicks Therapy Podcast, and I am joined by my guy, the only one that I could talk to about this, Clem. Clem, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> we're so bad. When when you were like, yo, let's go. I will have like a little Knicks therapy session. And I was just like sitting on my couch and I was just thinking like what we'll talk about, which I'm sure we'll touch on like the coaches and the draft a little free agents, whatever maybe. And it's like, yo, this is maybe – which is saying something like the most bleak I can remember the Knicks in like – since like before Donnie Walsh got here when like everything was like smoldering and burning and the clock like that was like th- Donnie Walsh was like thrown at us like, yo, James, either I'm going to make you sell the team or you're hiring Donnie Walsh to fix everything. Yeah. Donnie fixed everything. And then James Dolan ruined it all, of course, as he always does. And like now with like the team is not good. Porzingis has a torn ACL. We don't know how he's going to bounce back from that. We just fired our coach. So we have to find a coach. And it's like. We are at a complete just – the franchise is just rudderless in my mind. And Steve Mills, who is my like mortal enemy right now, number two behind James Dolan, is in charge of it all. And I just have no faith in the franchise at all. Zero faith at all. And it's it, – I mean it's strictly because of the Kristaps injury, right? Like that's where I am. I'm like, all right, here's our, our star, our, our face of our franchise. All right, we, we got through the Phil saga with him, got off to a good start, and then this happens. And it's an ACL, and it, and he's, I mean, he's seven three. Like, yeah, I, I think he'll bounce back fine. But anytime it's an ACL injury with a guy like that who has roughly four and a half foot long legs, like I'm terrified of what it's going to look like going forward. I, and I think that's where the bleakness is because, you know, the last couple of years it's like, okay, well we still have Kristaps and we still have, uh, you know, and then like you know obviously we traded Hernan Gomez, but it's like okay we have this young core to cheer on. Yep. And now it's like, oh, fuck. No, all right. Maybe Kristaps bounces back. He might not even play next year. That's, that's, and that's, this is the thing. Like, like you said, like this year, you're like, all right, Kristaps gets to kind of be the center of the team. We get to see what he's like as the guy, which, as always, we look good. We were a great home team. Yep. Like, everyone forgets, we, it was a really fun beginning of the season. Like, we sucked on the road. We were terrible, but we were good at home. It was fun. And then, like, Christmas Day is like, the death of the Knicks every single year. And then they just go in the shitter and it always seems to happen right around then. Um, obviously the Porzingis injury changed the complete direction of the season immediately at that point, which hasn't happened in the past. Um, but it, 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 you could, every single season, basically the Knicks could have had me like, well, if we get the right guys around Porzingis and you know, th- this year coming up, if we had the right coach who can figure out the right way to use him, I could talk myself into like, us Knicks fans, we've talked ourselves into every fucking era Everything. of the last 20 Everything. years. <laughs> you know, oh, Steph, Stephon Marbury is going to get it. He's coming home. He's in New York. The Mecca, he's going to do it. Isaiah, you know, Isaiah will figure it out. He was such a great player. Oh, now Isaiah is the coach and Mike D'Antoni. And it's like every single time it just fucking gets hammered down. And now Porzingis being gone, there's like no hope. And like this is my biggest problem. And granted, I know, again, he got hurt later in the season. He didn't get hurt, like, you know, opening night or else. But the Knicks never just tank and just give up yeah, on the season. So that's 
Yeah, they're knives. Again, it's like we're in, we're in basketball purgatory, which is exactly where I didn't want to be. But I've said every single year, we just don't tank and we end up in basketball purgatory. And they've done it the last two years. And somehow next year, if Porzingis doesn't play at all, we'll still end up in like the nine spot. And it just drives me crazy. There's no direction, no plan. There never is a plan here. That's, You know what? This is the worst thing, Bobby. In the past, we were at least dumb enough to believe like – all the photoshops or like all the stories about oh LeBron's eating at uh, I'll never forget this one. Someone told me LeBron was at steak had a, was spotted at a dinner with D'Antoni and Amari Stoudemire the the afternoon of the decision because it was in Greenwich, Connecticut. Yep. And I was like, holy shit, this is really gonna happen. And we fall for it every single year yeah. that like the photoshops you, you start fucking salivating, you start dreaming. You hear how they have some Chris loose connection. Interested. Oh, the fucking wedding toast. Yep. Exactly. There's some loose connection to some AAU coach they've had or, you know, New York is a big, big market, blah, blah, blah. And then they just we we don't. And then you find out like we didn't even get a meeting or the meeting was a goddamn disaster because James Dolan was there. Somebody and, didn't show up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember like the LeBron, wasn't like the LeBron meeting like Donnie Walsh was like fresh out of surgery and like he was like just all fucked up. And it's like it was just a bad like mental vision. Like, damn, that's just like. How do you like? In the meanwhile, you're like Pat Riley's putting fucking championship rings on the table with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh basically signed, sealed, and delivered. And it's like, how are we supposed to compete with that? And now it's like, I don't even have those. I don't even know. Like, would you rather have the dream that someone's going to come here and like live that like two week high and then get your heart ripped out, or just be like we are now, where there's like no one signing here, our draft pick's going to be middle of the lottery, and we just kind of like we we don't expect any help coming anytime soon. I, like, I want to be the way we are now, where it's just like, all right, like, let's just, no one, we're not going to sign a free agent. How can we just tank correctly? Yeah. But I don't think I can ever be that way because for 30 years of my life, it's been the Knicks, it's been Broadway, it's been the Garden, it's been, mm-hmm. we've seen the Knicks sign big time free agents that have worked out. Now, granted, that was in the 90s. <laughs> But, like, I, in my dumb brain, I'm like, okay, we're signing an Allen Houston. And, yeah, we, we, I remember when, when the Child's Houston contracts came down, and, I, you know, I have been – I'm a Daily News guy personally. I don't like the post. I'm much more of a Daily News guy. I always have been. And I was reading the free agent trackers every single day. And then I remember, like, free agency got delayed a couple of days because I think some union stuff. And I was so excited when they signed Allen Houston and mm-hmm. Childs. Like, I remember – I still remember, like, they had the rankings. Like, Jordan was a free agent. Obviously, he wasn't going to come here. We okay, That was another dream we had back in the right, day right. when I was really dumb, a really dumb Knicks fan. Reggie Miller was, like, number two on the list. And Allen Houston, who I hadn't really seen much because it was, you know, you're a kid. There wasn't league passes yeah, around like it is yeah. now. And he was the internet he was wasn't in, what it was. He was in, what, Detroit? Detroit. Yep, so it's not, yep. you're not watching a whole lot of Pistons games. <laughs> he was like Grand Hill's like number two. You right, know what I right. mean? And 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 then when they signed him, it was like that's what just what the Knicks did. They were like the Yankees light. But then, you know, the league has changed. The ownership changed, obviously, because we went from Charles Dolan, James Dolan. And like it's just not an attractive spot anymore. If you come here, you have to like I feel bad for like the guys that like hitch their wagon here, even if they're getting paid a ton, because you're gonna just be miserable the entire time. You know what I mean? Like Jay Wright, I don't want Jay Wright to come here. I want him no. to either stay at Villanova or go somewhere that's a good. I said it in the blog when I wrote it. I want him to go to like the next Thunder, where there's like a Durant and a Westbrook, and they just need a coach, and like hopefully he can go there and like do something. Because I don't want him to come here and live out like that shitty ass like I sold my soul to the devil, James Dolan. 
just for like a paycheck. So right, and I know he's, he's probably not going to come here, but that's how I feel about like any of these guys. Right. And, and for him, like, and for Wright specifically, like, he already built, like he went through a rebuild at Villanova. Yep. Like they lost to Chaminade. <laughs> <laughs> like they went through shit. And it's like, for him, it's like, why would I leave a, like, they're going to be preseason top three next year. Why would I leave this that I have rolling making, like, he's going to get a raise. He's going to make 5 million a year there. And why would I take a minor bump up in pay to coach the Knicks? Exactly. There, there's exactly. no hope. So, speaking of coaches, what was your take on the Hornacek thing? Because I was indifferent about the firing. I, me too. I was indifferent of the entire – like the Jeff <laughs> – I'm like trying Hornacek to like figure out how – era. He's like Jeff Hornacek, the coach, is like Jeff Hornacek, the player. It's like, <laughs> eh. You know, there. He's there. Like, he didn't do anything quirky. Like, I guess, like, rubbing your hand on your cheek for your free throws was, like, calling Chris Dapps a pussy and, like, getting into a shouting match with Joe Kimno. It's like, there's a few things I'll remember about him. But, eh. Like, he is what he is. Like, I didn't think he was, like, the worst coach in the league. But there were things that drove you crazy. You know, some of the rotations sometimes. Some of the minutes the guys would get. But, again, with the Knicks, it's there's more than meets the eye with the Knicks at all times. Like, the fact that Kurt Rambis was still on the bench for this team when he was basically was... a Phil Jackson spy is bananas. It's out of this world. It's crazy. And you're going to tell me that, like, you know, I'm not going to say Dolan has anything to do with the team these days anymore, but like you can't tell me Steve Mills and like I think a lot of front offices will probably tell a coach, you know, which way they want to do. The only difference is our front office has a track record of sucking. You know, <laughs> I, again, I feel like this is always going to come back to Steve Mills in my mind. How the general manager of the team that Phil Jackson, like the garbage that we had during the Phil Jackson era, the GM then got moved up to team president as a promotion is crazy to me. I've done the the the, the stats of. Basically, when we were good, that little brief period when we were good under Donnie Walsh was the only time that Steve Mills was not an ex- executive in the Garden since like 2003. And then and now and, he's back. And now he's back, and he's gotten a promotion. It is ridiculous. It is crazy. It is, he's the, the the little finger of the NBA. He just keeps rising up as everyone else dies around him. And I have to almost tip my cap at that. That's you know mail time at its finest right there. Uh, so I, I, the Hornacek thing. Going back to that, I mean. I had a little bit of hope with him because the Suns, you know, yeah, he was he really had the, good that year. The Suns. Yeah. And, you know, the, this is the thing, though, like they said the next year, like the players kind of revolted on him and stuff. And the way the Knicks are saying they want to have a coach that identifies with the player. I think that's kind of like a between the lines and, uh, you know, shot thrown at Hornacek for well, the way uh, he yeah, was, sure. which makes sense. I understand. I, again, I don't know what's going on in the locker room there and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but again, I, I was completely indifferent. on. I, I wasn't surprised when it happened if they had kept him one more year, especially because. Like, this coach next year has zero expectations, especially zero. Porzingis. Porzingis doesn't come back till at least the All-Star break, right? That's what we're hearing. We're hearing Something if he's like lucky, that, yeah. he comes back. And you're not going to rush a guy back with, I mean, I think KFC said it once. Like, where do you find, like, the cadaver ACL for, like, you know, their ACL replacement for a fucking 7'3 guy? Like, right. he, an, an athlete. Knees, his knees the size <laughs> of my, like, torso. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, if they're going to just sit him out the whole season, imagine they, like, redshirt him the year. Like, you can't expect this team to do any. Like, Timmy Hardaway is going to carry this team. Oh, and that guy. It, <laughs> Trey, Trey Burke. Like, Trey Burke was fun to watch, and he definitely cost us a couple spots in the lottery. But, you yeah. know. I when, like Trey Burke, it, though. No, I like Trey Burke, too. But, like, you know, game. let's see him do it from game one when everyone's fucking, you know, in the playoff race. No one's right. tanking. And, you know, the whole fucking NBA isn't just the haves and the have-nots. Let's see him do it from day one. And I hope I, – I like Trey Burke, too. Um, I have this weird thing where I actually like that Michigan team. You know what I that mean? Michigan like, I, was fun. Yeah, that was a fun team uh, to, to root for. And uh, I, I, Tim Hardaway 
Tim Hardaway Sr. is on my shit list forever, and anyone who's related to him, with his name especially. It's, uh, it's hard as a Knicks fan to cheer for Tim Hardaway. Yeah, exactly. And I was a big Tim Hardaway. I had Tim Hardaway Golden State jersey. If we want to go, like, how old I am. Like, the, I, I love TM, that dude. The run TMC Tim Hardaway was okay. The heat, yeah, oh, yeah. The, but, but my lasting image is the Heat Tim Hardaway. Heat Tim Hardaway shooting fucking three-pointers from, like, the half-court line in game seven of the uh, 97. Shocking uh, TVs. Oh, he, that was the worst. The worst loss the Knicks ever had was the suspensions, the game oh. six and seven. I will never get over that for the rest of my life. Like, the fact that Knicks never, like, would then beat the Heat every year after that is, like, the smallest bit of, like, redemption in my mind. But I, I know – Everyone says this was our last shot at Jordan, and I know we weren't going to beat him. He would have broken our hearts again. But I at least wanted that shot. That team was deep. They had veterans. That was the I, team that was made to beat that Bulls team. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Van Gundy was a good coach for that team too. Like, I oh, God. He knew it. it and, he, like, and he had a history with the Bulls, right? Like, he scouted. He was on the staff. He was on Riley's staff. He was there for all the battles in the early to mid-'90s before he took over in the mid to late-'90s. And it's just like – that team, yeah, With, Jordan probably wins because it's Jordan. But that's the team that I'm like, that's that's one of my biggest what ifs in sports. Yep, mine too. But that's that's my number one. Um, and I I'm also the idiot. I, I think I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I remember the '99 Finals to this day. It was like actually I think it was the Eastern Conference Finals after they beat the Pacers to go to the the NBA Finals. I said to my buddy who was like just as much a dire than as me. I was at his house and I go, dude, the Knicks are gonna be good like our entire lives because at that point that's all I knew. Like right. from the time like 1990 on, or I'd probably be started following basketball like 91 or so. And the Knicks were in the playoffs. Two they finals were, you know, appearances and two finals appearances, but head to head with the best player ever. Yep. Like it was like this team, this franchise, and like at that point, you know, we're reloading, we're making trades, we're signing players. We're the Knicks, we're a big market team. So I'm thinking like I'm a, I'm a Mets fan. I watch the Yankees across town. My team doesn't do that. And like the Giants at that point. This is right before they made the Super Bowl in 2000. Like we lived through the Dave Brown, Kent Graham, oh. all those. Like we may have to tag this not safe for work, saying those names yeah, to, to New York yeah. fans right now. I'm gonna throw up. So I was like, the Knicks are my team, and they're gonna be my like team that always brings me happiness. And like literally, like two years later, it's been nothing but misery since then. Just misery. <laughs> so I hate Tim Hardaway with all my heart, and and like he's actually wasn't terrible this year. I can't say like I was. I almost like root against him, but I like I, I didn't want to just be that guy to like defend my takes of all the reasons I hated the contract. Yeah. But you just can't pay that guy that money and think you're going to be like a competitive, real deal competitive team. Right. Like, why are you spending that much money when, again, you should be tanking? And the worst part is with the tanking, this like 2019 and 2020 are shaping up to be weak drafts. So it's like you need to absolutely tank to get into the one of those top two, three picks. And even mm -hmm. then, like not all number one and number two picks are created equal, right? Like it's, 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 it's the story of it is with every draft, but yeah. guys that know recruiting that I trust and know the high school game say that, you know, they've been saying 2019 and 2020 are shaping up to be two of the weaker classes. Uh, and it's, is it, is that at least top heavy though? Is there at least a couple guys? I mean, I know really. the guys like, Duke, like Duke looks good next year. And right, it's like, like but there's who else? Like, so for the NBA, there's not that sure guy. Like, I think like Cam Reddish is going to be really good, but he's like, if he's the number one pick, like he's not equal to DeAndre Ayton. Mm -hmm. yep. you, you know, 
it's it's one of those where it's just like it'll probably be labeled top heavy, but top heavy it's still like the second half of what would be another draft. Yep. And yeah. and that of course this is when the Knicks should be tanking. And that, that's what kills me right now is like we're watching the the Sixers just blossom right in front of our eyes, right? And and I've never had a problem with the process and tanking. No. I think that's the way to do it. It's the correct the fa- way. The fact that Hinky got fired for his shit is just it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Like these guys never get to see their plans through, and everyone else gets the pro. Like uh, you know, you can agree. Like I mean, the Browns have been a nightmare. You go home in sixteen, one and fifteen. But Sashi Brown got all that cap room, made all yep. that stuff, and he doesn't need to see his plan to fruition now. And right. now someone else is gonna have all those picks to do the stuff with. Um, yeah, it, it 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 kills me to see a team, especially a Philadelphia team in our division, who is living that life. They have, I mean, Embiid was. You know, if he didn't have the injuries, he could be the one pick. And Simmons is such a guy. He's so fucking yeah, fun Simmons to watch. Simmons was the number one pick before, like, when he was still in high school. Everyone yeah. knew he was going to be the number one pick two years before he was. He's that guy we're not going to have in these two drafts, it sounds like. You know, like, yeah, right. the like guy. We don't have that. Right. Like, there's a couple guys. There's a couple guys where you're like, okay, yeah, I could see him being number one. I could see, you know, I see this being the top three, but it's still, like, maybe. It, well, and, where, where Simmons, it was like, no, like he's going number one. It doesn't matter who has the number one pick. They're taking Ben Simmons. And, <sighs> and then they hit with, you know, like even like Markel Fultz, like he yeah. was the consensus number one pick. I know like he obviously was injured and, and there's the whole shooting thing, but every single person in the world had him number one. Yep. Yep. And, and it's just he like, was they did the it perfectly. They did it absolutely perfectly. That's what's annoying. It's like. Why can the Sixers do it, and why can't the Knicks do it? And, and yeah, they, they're like the the safeguards the NBA has put in place to like quote unquote stop tanking is obviously not working because everyone's tanking, and just the numbers tell you. Like, I would rather have it where every team has a chance for number one pick, and if an Orlando Magic situation happens with Penny and Shaq, then yep. so be it. But tanking is not good for basketball. It's not good for the fans paying to go to the games. It's not good for the people in the playoff races that don't have anything. You know, it's not being probably good for the players that like. You know, they want to play and keep their because, you know, if you're a fucking backup point guard on the Sixers and they're tanking for the number one pick, who is Markel Fultz. Well, that's your job right there, potentially going. So it's there's just a lot of shit that I, I always think they should just go back to it, where if you miss the playoffs, it's straight up, it, you know, it's just straight up coin flip for everybody. It's all equal. That's that's kind of what I believe in. You shouldn't get rewarded for being shitty or for being for, for tanking. I like and, that, too, because then it also adds like that middle pack, like someone like the Clippers this year or the Nuggets this year. Yep. You know, okay, they have that core of Gary Harris, Jokic, and um, Jamal Murray. Hey, maybe they land in the top three and they add like a Marvin Bagley or Luka Doncic. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, now they're like top five and uh, going into the West next year. And it just makes it easier for the commissioner to to rig it for us too. Right, like this exactly. is going to be tough for Adam. Let's be honest. Let's call it words. We're Knicks fans. We want we want him to rig it. I Adam want... Silver apparently has no fucking gumption and is refusing to rig it for us. Give me, you know what? Get rid of the ping pong balls. Just go envelopes and freeze one of those motherfuckers so we can get a big. God damn it, David Stern! You've just <laughs> left us hanging out to dry. Like, what's he doing? Can we hire him? I mean, he's got only... he's got to be a consultant or something now, right? David Stern just lives on in that gif of him drinking the water bottle, and it yeah. makes me laugh every single time like that. <laughs> but, Nothing was better than him just, like, playing into the booze on draft night. That was my favorite thing about the draft was yeah. him walking out to the booze and then Adam Silver walking out for the second second round to all the cheers. 
Adam Silver had like the easiest transition in the oh, history yeah. of like not even commissioners, but like sports. Like he went from the guy that was like cheered as the second round commissioner and the guy that threw Donald Sterling out of the NBA forever. Yep. Like yep. what like red carpet more you couldn't get more of a red carpet to get into a league. And he than got that. it like as basketball is in its upswing. Yeah, like, exactly. Best, like some of the best talent we've ever seen in the league. And he's just like <laughs> His dumb face is walking in there like, okay, I'm not going to rig anything. Like, listen <laughs> here, motherfucker. He's a um, goddamn alien. So with the coaching search obviously going on, we're recording this here Sunday night. Today turned into a shit show because <laughs> names started getting released. Like, we knew beforehand names out there. David Fisdale, Mark Jackson, and Jerry Stackhouse. All three fine, great names. All made sense. Today we get David Blatt and Mike fucking Woodson. <laughs> when that came across, what's your reaction? The Mike Woodson one was, if you want to talk about gifts, like that's the Jumanji, what year is it? It's like <laughs> Mike Woodson. It's like he's been gone from the team for like four years. Like what changed that made you fire his ass four years ago or whatever it was to bringing him back as your head coach or your team? Like it's cr- like not an assistant or like a consultant, right. the head coach. Like really, you just fired the dude. Now, I will say this about Woodson got us to the second round of the playoffs which is like he should have his fucking number retired with billy joel also, up there fucking stands he also <laughs> fell ass backwards into a situation that was working for him due to injury and didn't know how, how like how to handle it once injuries <laughs> happened like once everyone became healthy he didn't know what to do oh yeah don't get me wrong like i don't want my Wilson back by any any stretch of the imagination i just thought it was just hilarious that like that's how it all went he just had a team that was on like oh yeah he had literally a future head coach as his backup point guard with Jason Kidd. Yeah, like you said, all the pieces were there. Yeah. And again, that team underperformed in the playoffs when push comes to shove. Yeah, they should have like, beat the Pacers. Everyone thought they were going to beat the Pacers. Yeah. I mean, the Chris Copeland, you still have like a thousand defense lose their fucking marbles talking about him. Um, that that drove me nuts. The Black stuff, I'm not even like angry about anymore because I've already gone over it with – because he was rumored before Hornacek. Yep. And yep. it was like – Come on, guys. Don't we want LeBron? LeBron's not going to – and that was, again, all very tongue-in-cheek because I know we're never going to get fucking LeBron James until he's like on like absolute E and like the grind of 100 seasons of warning down. Maybe he'll come here. Uh, I'm but, not super worried about Blatt because I don't know like who he really is, right? Like he had – You're not point. worried about him like if he comes here, you're not like – you're. Like, I'm indifferent about it. Yes. Like, yeah, me too. It's one of those like I'm I I'm not, you know what it's not even indifferent. I'm more curious because he only had that bizarre situation in Cleveland. Yeah. Right? It like, was a it, it was a once in a lifetime spot with a right. once in a lifetime player that shit just kind of went hairy at the wrong time and LeBron is LeBron, right? For better or worse. Right, right. And maybe Black can develop players. Like maybe he can develop Frankie. Maybe he can develop, you know, some of these younger guys that he never got a chance to while he was in Cleveland because a, they didn't have younger guys and B it's just let LeBron go to work. Yeah. And like the reason the Cavs won the championship over the Warriors was not because, you know, Ty Lue was some fucking X's and O's genius. Like LeBron and Kyrie won those fucking games. And LeBron's a cyborg. Draymond green, you know, gave a little help in game five and shit like that. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not like going to get too upset about Blatt. I wasn't upset when he was rumored last time. I, it, the only thing that I don't like about it is, again, it's the Steve Mills connection. They play together at Princeton, and that's kind of yeah. like why he has it in there. And it's like anyone that has any association with Steve Mills, I instantly don't like. Um, now, I like Perry, the GM. So, like, I'm willing to give him, you know, if I just hope he gets to choose his guy. I don't want I don't want Mills' fingerprints all over this shit again. Right, and if he hires Blatt, that is my biggest problem with Blatt is that I feel like it would be a Mills hire, not a Perry hire. Right. That's my question too is, is Perry a just literal face to put in front of the camera or is he actually making decisions and getting input and saying, no, no, like, yeah, Blatt makes sense. Here's why I want Blatt. Or is it just, no, you're getting Blatt. Yeah. And then you're going to get fired when they go 20, you know, when they win 20 games the next two years. And that's it. Like, but like, you can't, you cannot, you cannot basically whatever the Knicks do next year bad. If they're good by some crazy spot, that coach you apparently have a keeper because he was able to win in New York without Chris Dabbs Porzingis. The draft pick they're gonna have the draft pick they have. They have obviously Frankie's raw, so it's not like they have you know a guy looking at like a Donovan Mitchell coming for year yeah. two and just gonna get better. Like I think Frankie's gonna definitely get better, but I don't think he's gonna be like a fucking all star no, year two no, or anything no, no. like that. But he's gonna be fun. And you're just hoping you see a def- he's a defender blah 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 like and then you know guys like moody and this whole team's a fucking shit show anyway it really um is. but like yeah like if if they hire blatt and he has a bad first year a terrible first year like what are you gonna say to the guy like yeah we stunk we have a ton of money tied up in joe kim noah and tim hardaway jr and the team stinks and porzingis is hurt like there's nothing you can do about that so again we're kind of just spinning our tires here so it's like he basically gets a mulligan his first year no matter what and then, you know, year two, three, whatever it may be. But again, I don't expect any coach. Um, this is the God's on the truth, Bobby. Say it right now. April 15th, 9.52 p.m. Eastern time. I know you're out there in Central. Are you Central time no, out there? I'm Eastern. I'm Eastern. You are Eastern? Yeah. Is all of Ohio Eastern? I Yes. Oh. It's like you have to go out to Indiana for it to be Western. Which okay. Which is kind of okay. nice because it gets dark here late. So you get like the like the nice ah like, you're living the best of both worlds right there. The only bad thing is Central Time Zone is by far the best for sports. Yeah, that's that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, but I'm saying it right now, now 9:53 p.m. The Knicks coach, whoever it may be, whoever they hire, will not last more than three years. And that's not a hot yeah. take. It's not it's not some crazy proclamation I'm making. <laughs> that's not Clemson is coming out. That's just telling you I don't think there's anyone who's gonna last it's, more than three years. It's and be like, that's with. The first year free, basically. Right. So, like, the line's going to be, like, three – or it's going to be two years and 22 games. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Like, right before All-Star break, they'll fire him and, like, the assistant will be the interim because it'll probably still somehow be Kurt Rambis. D'Antoni got three and a half years. I'm looking at the old Knicks coaches right now. Ever since – ever since to get D'Antoni back? (laughs) Yo, D'Antoni is like probably just is like fuck those guys, man. Fuck Mello. Fuck everybody there. You, I mean, I feel like that's what everyone does, but they get their money. They can't be too upset. Uh, I mean, look at this. All right, so since so let's say since uh, since Mills came over, oh three, oh four. Don Chaney, Herb Williams, Lenny Wilkins, Jeez. Lenny Wilkins, Herb Williams, Larry Brown, Isaiah, Isaiah, D'Antoni for f- three and a half years. Then Woodson comes in, who finished eighteen and six that year. Woodson. Uh, they lost in the Eastern Conference semis. Woodson, Fisher, Fisher, Rambus, Hornacek, Hornacek. So like right there, I'd say three years is almost even pushing it. I should just say two years. I should say like 82 games for two years. And like, what's the third season? 56, 56 games. You want to say yeah, that's basically like that. what, yeah. here. what a garbage list of coaches. 
garbage. I mean, and like that's again like Lenny Wilkins, Larry Brown is such a motherfucker too. Like right. there was no way that was gonna work looking back. Like no, no, Dolan God, and no. him, but it's and it's Marbury just, <laughs> and Marbury. Oh my God. <laughs> um. I wanted to know what you thought about Mark Jackson, though, because Mark Jackson is a name. A lot of Knicks fans have like these, you know, feelings about good or bad. And I want to hear what you have to say about it. I I worry about him a bit because, right, like the rumors or the reports with he kind of rubbed people the wrong way in Golden State. Right. Like yep. he tried to, like, heal Seth, or Steph Curry's ankles. And that obviously didn't work when he was there. And it's like, are the Warriors good now because – they are like pre Durant were the Warriors good because of development and just getting older or were they good because Jackson was no longer there? Yeah. Like that's no. my, that's my honest concern is he held that team back because he either didn't connect with them. They didn't like him, uh, whatever reasons. And it's like, you look at them and he's like, how was he not more successful with those guys? No, I'm with you too. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I know Curry had like the injury issues and they were all getting, you know, they're, they're all young, right. They're young. They're all growing together. You know, Draymond wasn't full Draymond at that point either. Clay, eh, the whole thing. I understand. That. I always say like, you know, Mark Jackson was the only guy who could keep the Warriors out of the finals or from winning the West. But I mean that I'm just busting balls at that point. But, you know, that stuff behind the scenes, that's in fucking Golden State, man. And, you know, those guys, everyone has an ego now, but it wasn't like it was then. Those fans are crazy. They were starved for some winning basketball, too. And like if he can't get along with everyone in Golden State, what are you going to do in New York where I mean, you have the biggest supervillain in sports as your owner you have the media which is a bunch of crazed people and you have you know a city just dying for a winner dying and like dying. everyone says you can't rebuild you can't rebuild new york is the biggest crock of shit in the world they i i don't it. we're they begging you to tank we're begging you as Knicks right. to tank <laughs> just and, and do like, it the knicks have rebuilt like the early 90s like they weren't great in the early 90s they they or late 80s i guess technically yeah they did rebuild in like the late 80s and, and into the early 90s yep it's when we trade our picks for you know guys like antonio mcdice with right. a bit yeah and this, that's where everything can go wrong for you which um i mean we could get into that later like a Kawhi thing like that just if Kawhi comes to the knicks that will tell me he's fucked because we will fuck up. That's why I don't get upset about Steph Curry go, missing Steph Curry by one pick. Because we would have ruined his ankles and the world would have never oh, seen yeah. the Steph Curry we see today if he was with the Knicks. It's like a negative shitty way to think about it. But tr tell me I'm wrong. And, you know, we'll go from there. Like, that's just how it is. Well, I'm with you. I will say they've done fine with the draft lately. Like, like Frankie was a, a, a decent rookie. An okay yep. rookie. Yep. Like he wasn't he wasn't a bomb. Like yeah, I didn't love the pick. I would have preferred Monk or, or Dennis Smith, but he you know he wasn't brutal. Like he was he he, he shows potential, which is uh, okay. That's a win. Kristaps obviously knocked out of the park. Um, who was their who was their other first round pick that they had? They had that one year where they traded for Barnani, which I mean yeah, you can't. So that was the previous. I mean, you can't blame Phil for that. It wasn't his his right. His but even like they've hit with some second round picks like. I, yeah, the, the Willie trade was a good trade, even though, like, he I don't know what happened to him. He right, just kind of right. just go, disappeared off the fucking face of the earth. But even, like, Ron Baker showed flashes as, like, a, like possible. Like, if he's in your, like, the last guy off your bench in the rotation, it's not the end of the world type thing. 
And it's, it's like oh. it's after that when they do the contracts for Ron Baker and then they bring back Tim Hardaway on the fucking yeah like the Hardaway like no pick twenty million dollars in the park for. like and, and like the Shumpert pick was fine like they've yep. hit like they've done okay in the draft like the narrative of the Knicks being a terrible draft team has kind of gone by the wayside for me at least it's, yeah it's it's they fu- like you said it, they fuck up in free agency and trades and everything there now and it's in drafts where you know. Like they, because they didn't tank or they didn't lose enough games, they weren't in the top pick for the, you know, the LeBron and Wade's. You have Mike Sweetney, and that's where it's like, yeah, that was a bad pick. But it's, you know, there wasn't like it's not one of those things where you go to the Wikipedia page and it's all all stars and then Mike Sweetney there. It's like, no, they fucked up. They should have they should have taken, you know, like the the Steph thing too. It's like Jordan Hill. Everyone thought he was going to the Warriors because they had Ellis there, Monte, and then they thought the Knicks were going to get Curry. That was the whole thing, and that's why the Warriors didn't even bring him in for a workout, and that's why everyone jaw dropped when they took him and then it was just Don Nelson doing Don Nelson shit right so right so I but with with Mark Jackson going back to Mark Jackson my fear is or my thing is if you really just want to bring back like a former player to win like the press conference and get a Knicks guy in there why the hell didn't you hire Patrick Ewing two years ago (laughs) I know I and like I don't don't know if you can pull him away from Georgetown do you? Uh, I mean, the thing about Pat is, I feel like Pat wouldn't go. I mean, they—they're the ones who gave him the big break that he was. You know, Pat Patrick Ewing was the saddest looking motherfucker when he was on those benches. Oh, I know. Whenever you'd see him, he just had those puppy dog eyes. Like, damn, yeah. Pat, I just want to give you a hug. And, 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 and so Georgetown, sad. and he has ties to Georgetown, right? Like, if he was at like, I don't know, pick a school, like a, you know, if he was at, uh, Houston. I, I think you could probably convince him to leave even after a year because he doesn't have ties to that school. Georgetown is like Georgetown made Patrick Ewing the player and now the coach. You're not I pulling just, him from there after a year, which sucks because I would have been like all about Ewing pre Hornacek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I that's like at this point I'm so down on the team, the franchise, the roster, whatever you want to call it that I'm not even worried about what's going this next coach. This next coach is, is going to fail no matter what in my mind, and it's not his fault. It's what he's being given's fault. So if they're going to do this for, uh, you know, they believe in Jackson and they want to rally the fans around an old Nick, it's going to remind me of Ewing going to Georgetown. It reminds me of Chris Mullen going to St. John's. It's that it's the same mentality. I isn't Is Jackson like – is he like crazy religious too? Where it's like, I'm not talking just, you know, if you're religious, that's fine. If you want to be, but it's like, I don't know if that caused an issue in Golden State. I thought that might've had something to do with it. It's like, I feel like that something like that happened. Yeah. So that, that's kind of concerning because you hear, you know, where players have issues with that, but I just don't really like Mark Jackson. And you know what? I'll tell you what too, this whole fucking narrative of Mark Jackson. I know he loved New York. I knew he grew up here and he played here, blah, blah, blah. That guy was an Indiana Pacer yep. for most of my fucking fanhood, yep. and he was shimmying all in our face. And like, if Tim Hardaway had come here, you know, if we had drafted Tim Hardaway way back when, but then he came back as a Heat, I'd hate his guts. Mark Jackson just going down the post and just backing down, you know, trying to back down like Derek Harper and Chris. Like, I didn't like Mark Jackson, no. so he fuck himself too. Like, he get like, the fuck he out of here. literally walked into the garden with a fuck you attitude every time he came back. Yeah, We're and I, the... I respect him for that. Don't get me wrong, but right, like, still. Right. But it's still like, yeah, no, like I remember him as a pacer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's who Mark Jackson is to me. I I don't care that, you know, he was a New York guy and was a Nick. No, like not once a Nick, always a Nick. Yeah. You a a pacer, you're a pacer. (laughs) Yeah. Once a Nick, always a Nick until you become a pacer, a heat or a bull. Basically, that's that's what it is in my mind. (laughs) 
Like, I didn't get mad. Like, when LeBron went to Miami, I wasn't mad that he, like, spurned us. I was a little mad he spurned us, I'll be honest. But I was more like, oh, you're joining Pat Riley? Like, go fuck yourself. And you ripped all Cleveland's heart out, too. But more than you're going to join the devil down in Miami. See, the worst part for me is just because, like, I enjoy watching my friends be miserable. When he ripped Cleveland's heart out, I was like, yes. And then I was like, oh, fuck. He went to Miami? (laughs) Like, I was like, I started drinking because of that with my buddy from Cleveland who was drinking strictly like because he knew LeBron was leaving and didn't think he would ever get him back. And yep. I was just like, yeah, same thing. So it's like, I, I agree that like this coaching search. I what do you think about Fizdale? I'm, I'm all in on Fizdale. Like that's Me who too. I want. Like Me if, too. if they hire Fizdale, I am ecstatic. Cause I think, I think he got a raw deal in Memphis. Me too. I love Fizdale. Um, he's another guy though. I'm like, just go somewhere that's going to appreciate you. That has a roster right. that you can do. So like I, cause I want to see him succeed. It's like, right. not even as like a Knicks fan, obviously I'd love to have him, but go I want to Milwaukee. Yeah. Go, yes. Go to Milwaukee. <laughs> like we, our guy that was like, you know, one of the freak guys, one of the unicorns, if you want to call it that, like our guys might not be what he was. And right. if he is, it's not going to be at least for another year. That other guy is healthy and doing shit that I've never seen before. Or, so, or at yeah. least go to like even if, if if you don't get the Milwaukee or Charlotte job, go to Phoenix where you get Devin Booker and possibly DeAndre Ayton to build around. Yep, yep, yep. And so, again, our or our pick at the ninth spot. <laughs> yeah, so speak, like let, let, go to the pick because it, 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 I think we both want Fizdale the most, right? Fizdale the most. Uh, you know, and this is my number two, just because it's someone like I don't know, I'll just take a chance on Stackhouse. Like I, I, yeah, I'd be no, fine with Stackhouse, yep. 100%. I'm just I'm already just banking on him going to Charlotte because of North Carolina. That, like, yeah, like that all sense. they do is just take Carolina guys. Fucking Jordan too. Like he's Jordan, gonna like Cupchat, oh, Buzz God Williams. Damn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They're gonna ch- those fuckers are gonna kill the Hornets and they're gonna just go Carolina blue. It's gonna are. be like Charlotte Tar Heels and shit. They're like gonna that. just start trading for like like they're they're definitely gonna trade the, for to the Kings for Justin Jackson at some point. <laughs> like they, the, we, shit, we have Isaiah Hicks. We should just trade the like throw him into a trade to get Jordan the bite. It's like a cult down there, man. There's fucking Carolina people. Um, The pick, we could either, like the Knicks could either be in really, really good situation or I'm terrified because this draft, like to me, was always a like top six. And then Trey Young became Trey Young. (laughs) Mikhail Bridges became Mikhail Bridges. Like Wendell Carter started to look really good and now like this draft I, I don't think it's as good as last year but it's a lot more intriguing especially where the knicks are yeah i mean the thing is i i know these guys from a little i saw them during the season and then obviously tournament and then your blogs so, by the way shout out to our gruden's grinder of march barstool <laughs> reeks was the, was definitely the gruden grinder of barstool still i think he's still keeping it going in april uh i was on the site i was like jesus christ probably wrote like eight eight blogs since this morning i've been like fucking changing diapers and like trying to get like a wink of sleep in and bobby's well, still crushing me and it you've talked about it like you were at my stage a couple years ago i'm a couple years behind you where i have the house the wife and we're not pregnant yet where yeah. you have the kids so it's a little easier to knock out blogs when you're awake at you're still awake at 6 30 in the morning because we're 30 and old yep so it's like well fuck i got nothing else to do like 
I'm not going to go make myself breakfast right now. <laughs> exactly. No, you said it, man. That was exactly it. Like, I was like, I remember those. I was looking back to like a little tear in my eye. Like, man, those are easy days. Those <laughs> days were so right. nice. It's I'm quiet. down in the fucking, I have my computer in the basin right now. Like, I had an office five years ago. That is now my <laughs> daughter's room. And I am down in the basin. All my stuff is just compacting in. For people that play Fortnite, the storm has engulfed my house. And I'm the little circle at the end. And that's like everything I own. I can't even put it on the walls because there's no room. I just have stuff hanging on the floor the but, basement's um, not going to be yours for long either no oh yeah my wife's like oh don't worry that'll be i'm like no because like there's gonna be stuff i can't put up because they'll grab it or they're gonna break it and then it just all goes to the garage like every yep. dad they just all end up in the garage so oh god damn it but the, um but the pick yeah i think there's like a lot of options the knicks have where i'd be cool like there's really only one or two guys if they take where i'm like god damn it that's a, that's a jordan hill pick Mm-hmm. Like I, so who would be that? Who would be like a Jordan Hill pick for you? Robert Williams, the guy from Texas okay. A&M, because I just don't know how good he is, and I don't think he's like, like if if you're if you get him at like fifteen, then I think that's fine. Like if like the Wizards take him, then it's like yeah okay like no that that's a fine pick. But the Knicks at nine take him, it's like all right, you saw him jump and dunk like really high in a workout and got really excited <laughs> because yep. that's what he does. Like he's a super athletic guy. He can protect a rim, but he's kind of undersized for a center. Um, he doesn't, he's like not super polished offensively. And it's just like, there's better options. I think for the Knicks, like I want Mikhail Bridges. Mm-hmm. No, I, I when you wrote up the blog, uh, you had I think was it the was it a it was the Knicks blog. It was like the Knicks centric blog where you talked about him, right? Yeah. And I, I I saw that. And I, I mean, you sold me for for what it's worth. Like, like I was like, all right, I can fuck with him. Because my thought process is, and I feel bad for Mikhail because the dude should like he's gonna be per- like if Philly gets him at ten, that's the the absolute perfect pairing, the perfect pick. But instead, like he could come to the Knicks at nine, <laughs> and it's like. Th- that's the wing. Like you then have a, a young point, a young wing, and a young big to build around. Like there's mm-hmm. your core, there's your three, and I'm just like, okay, I can, I, I'm thrilled with that. If he's gone, like if for whatever reason somebody like Chicago takes him or something, he hasn't declared yet. But if he does, like I kind of want Wendell Carter, and I know like ideally like you play Kristaps at the five, but the Knicks just don't seem to want to do that for whatever reason. But then you have a, a like, then you then you have a four and a five, like you have two young bigs. Yep, Carter can Carter Carter can protect the rim, and he can also step out and shoot. So now you have two bigs that can step out and shoot. Okay, maybe you hit goal. Maybe you get lucky with Frankie, who can start driving and opening up. You have Hardaway. Like, I'm just trying to like buy myself into these guys. Of okay, can they still be good in like five years? Yeah, see, that's like with my thing too. Is with this year's pick, I'm saying you take whoever you want. I'm in my mind saying you got to make sure next year's again, we've already talked about whether or not it's going to be a good class or, you know, top heavy. Who's the guy at number one? We got to fucking we got to finish in the top three in the lottery. Yeah, you just got to put yourself into that position. Yeah, you have to do that. I, the fans will understand where, you know, you don't have to say the word tanking, get fined like Mark Cuban did. But they just kept tanking like they didn't give a shit. They kept doing what they said they were going to do. Um and like I can – whoever they take this year, I'm going to say, well, the, the plan is complete now. With next year, like say they take uh, you know, a guard this year or something like that. 
and you say, well, we have Frankie. I, you know, I don't think Moutier is going to be long for here anyway. No. Uh, it was it was fun while it lasted. The thought of having him that you know the guy we all kind of wanted, and we got Chris Stapps, and it worked out like that. Um, but Frankie, I think Frankie's going to be just one of those guys that's going to. I'm I'm Frankie's my guy on defense, I and mean, if he develops into a great offensive game, he showed some big balls in the beginning of the season this year. You know, when the, the team was actually good. So I like Frankie a lot. But you know, I think the way the NBA is like, it's not even a position game anymore. There's really right, three positions right. instead of, you know, you're not worrying about every little thing. Um, I always say there are five positions in basketball and it is point guard wing stretch post and LeBron. Like those are the five positions. <laughs> yep. 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 So, and I mean, again, I don't, unless we, we hit our lottery chances are, what, what's, do you know the percentage for the, I think it's like 2.1. It's something, Something it is like uh, here. Let me go to Tankathon. Really 1.7 for the number one, 6.1 for top three. So, <laughs> I mean, and the Knicks getting lucky is like that's what you need. Maybe we're due, you could say. But I have a feeling on the lottery show, um, we're going to again walk away very, very disappointed. Yeah, and Philly will end up with the top of the top three. Picks <laughs> oh, God. Philly. Oh, God. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Like Luka Doncic and just <laughs> load it even more because that's the life of a Knicks fan. Yep. Yep. But I mean, uh, that's the thing. Like if, if they take whatever they take this year, I can get with next year. Like you said, the thing with Porzingis too, playing the five and how that's never really, they've never really done it. And then can't like the whole cancer contract situation. That's a whole nother thing. That's a whole other can of worms. I mean, especially we have all this money already with Joe Kim. What a terrible contract. But if like, but if Cantor opts out of that deal for next year, like that 18 million, and you can sign him for like 18 million over three years. I kind of cool with that. Like six million a year. Wait, 18, three he's, year. He's owed 18 next year and he's opting out of it. He's not going to get 18. No team is going to pay him that amount of money. So if you can get him, let's say for like, let, let's say instead of 18 million next year, you get him for, let's say like eight and a half million a year for the next three years. Why would he opt out then? I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, everyone's talking about this. Like, people that I know are like, this would be, like, malpractice for his agent to let him opt out. Really? Yeah. And the worst thing is, like, his agent, he's his only client. Huh. So, it would, like, Cantor wants a longer deal. Like, that he's kind of worried about. Which I understand, but it's like, bro, you're getting $18 million next year. Like, you, you're still good. Like, you're still going to get a deal after that. Someone's going to sign you. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, I like, and I like Cantor. Like he was like a fun guy, but like, he's, he's, he's not a guy I want to lock yeah. up money. Yeah, exactly. Like, I like how he, he does the same shit everywhere he goes. It's not like he's like this, you know, he loves Oklahoma city. He loves the Knicks. I loved him cause he was the under Cantor. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel but, like he actually does love New York. Cause like, obviously like, yeah. I, I, he's an international dude. He's a yeah. smart guy. And I've seen him like with the, like with Kentucky, obviously like he loves Kentucky strictly because the fans like loved him and that's kind of how he is because of the whole situation with his family and the turkey the turkish government and like you know he's exiled essentially from his home country and his family to where if fans show him appreciation he eats that shit up and knicks fans love him i don't know a knicks fan that doesn't like him no no 100 percent like the the lebron stuff was great because again we had that shit like with the, I always go back to the LeBron bottle flipping. Like that shit drove me crazy. That like, 
You know, it was stupid shit. But if, if someone had done that to LeBron, he would have been crying his eyes out about it. And the fact he did it in New York and he loves just tweaking the Knicks. I know him and Phil had their whole thing, too, with the posse and all that nonsense. He does um, love tweaking the Knicks. But I love that Cantor went back at him and, you know, LeBron fucking rubbed it in our face, you know, at the end of that game in the beginning of the year when we were actually good still. But it was good to have someone else be like, nah, fuck you. And then LeBron with Frank when he was talking shit and it kind of was like, you know, Frankie kind of caught a ricochet off of it because yep. he was talking about Dennis Smith Jr. was his guy. And then fucking Cantor was like, no, fuck you. And went right in. Like how many – not a lot of guys get in LeBron's face. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Well, when, when you piss off an entire country that's as crazy as Turkey, I don't think LeBron's <laughs> too terrifying. I don't fuck with Turkey, man. You know, right, Turkey. right. <laughs> like, scary. They tried to, like, people tried to arrest him in, in an airport. Like, I don't think Enos Cantor cares too much about LeBron. Um, yeah. So it's like, that's another thing I'm curious about is, like, what the hell do they do with free agency? Because you can't, like, do you take, like, ideally – you're you're in rebuild mode, so you try to take young guys that show potential. Yeah, I mean, like, what do you do? You do like, like the thing about like the Moody trade. It was like it was like a lottery ticket, right? Like, yeah, if they like, just do that, I'm fine with it. You just take a couple guys in that ilk. I'm not saying they're gonna risk. get guys like yeah, low risk, high reward. You know, like, like, and like when they didn't trade Courtney Lee, I'm like, well, then what are we doing if we're not trading Courtney Lee? Like, yeah. are we like? I've never understood this thing. I think you're either co- competing for a championship, or you're competing for the number one pick, and anything else in between is basketball purgatory, and you're dead. But you get those assets, like you know, the infamous trade with Otis Thorpe, where the fucking Grizzlies traded for him, and then the cat, uh, the um, who had the second pick, uh. In the LeBron draft, uh, the Grizzlies, Pistons, yeah, the Pistons, Darko. Um, but yeah, the Pistons traded Otis Thorpe. Yep. All those years later, the pick finally comes in, and then they get you know the number two pick in a stack draft. They fucked it up completely. Right, right. But like they just had the get opportunity. Picks, just get yeah. picks. Take your Cavs pick five years from now when LeBron's not there anymore, and if it's a goddamn dumpster fire again, you're gonna get a good pick out of it. Like just just get assets. That's the thing, Hinky. Hinky got all those like second round picks. If you go to that that I forgot that page where it has like you know who has what picks, and it's like the Sixers. Like you just keep scrolling, and it's just picks, picks, picks. So the Celtics too, and those are two of the franchises you should be you know modeling around. The Celtics rebuilt on the fly while still competing, and the and the Sixers you know straight up went scorched earth and yep. went a completely different way, and they're like. I don't know. This are would you say they're the favorites in the East right now after the way the Cavs look today? Like no, because it's still the Cavs. It's still the Cavs. It's still LeBron. It's not the Cavs. It's LeBron. Right. It's right, still right. LeBron. <laughs> and, and but yeah, like it's you're right. Like it's one of those where they need to like the Knicks. Like you trade Lee Courtney Lee to a contender, and you just take like that late first round pick. Yeah, exactly. And, and exactly. Like like the Hawks this year. The Hawks have three first round picks this year. Now what? They like, really? Yeah, like they have number two, number seventeen, and twenty, and then thirty or something like that. But still, it's one of those like, okay, you can take like an international guy with one of those picks and stash him. You you know you take you take your you know the top guy with the top three pick, and then at thirty maybe you take a flyer on, you know, someone like uh like a Landry Shamit or a Javon Carter, or someone someone like that where it's just like, hey, maybe they fall to the second round, but we like them, and what does it matter? Right, like we have three picks, we have three chances to hit here. That's what the Knicks need to do: trade Courtney Lee. Get, you know, maybe you get like Philly, you know, trade him to Philly who needs wing help or or Denver, and you get like a you know a a pick in the mid twenties. Well, 
pick in the mid twenties work out. <laughs> they yeah, they do. You and you can package that. I mean, right? You, the, you, the, or you could package it for another deal. Like the who was it? The Kings that traded down. Like you never know. You get yep. the right you get the right package with picks that in the end their future. If you go a year or two in the future, that's when you never know. An injury happens. You never know what could happen with any of that stuff. A franchise just takes a complete. You know, guy takes his talent to South Beach. All of a sudden, those picks look pretty goddamn right, good. Right. So I mean, again, like that was my thing. Like when the Knicks, when there was a uh, talk about the Knicks and the Cavs potentially doing a trade, I was like, if they're gonna do a trade, it just has to be for like next year's Cavs pick. Like I'll take that or or two years from now Cavs pick. Well, like that pick, yeah, I yeah. wanted more than almost anything. If I was gonna get someone from the Cavs, it was gonna be Kyrie. Or if they could have gotten this year's uh, Nets pick. Nets pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you sure. get that, and it's like, okay, now the Knicks have picks eight and nine. And when that was the mellow, when the mellow rumors were going around, when the Cavs were being linked, I was like, well, I want to pick either. If it's not going to be the Brooklyn pick, I want the Cavs pick in two years, if they even have it. I don't think they even have it. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't think the Cavs have a pick for like 30 years. <laughs> Le- 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 LeBron is like, I always find it fascinating. Like, uh, I was, he's like the gift and the curse. I was trying to think of like a, a pop culture reference where like he comes to your team and he brings so much great stuff. But, like, by the end of his tenure with the team, the team is always, like, scorched earth by the time it's all – like, granted, it wasn't his fault that, like, Danny Ferry and the Cavs sucked the first time around. Like, he just right, dragged right. bums to the finals. I have no problem. But, like, Miami by the end of it was just a bunch of old – like, Miami at the end of Miami looks like the Cavs do now, basically. You know? Yeah, like, just my, like, Miami, Miami had Dwayne Wade and then, like, even, like, like Udonis Haslam. Yeah. yeah, that's all that was left. And it was just, like, <laughs> guys that were there for life no matter what. And it, the the Cavs tried to, like, do on the fly what they could, but, you know, the the Kyrie trade kind of hamstrung them because Isaiah, you know, flamed out. They yeah. couldn't do anything with the Nets pick because they didn't know if LeBron was going to be gone next year. And it, it really just kind of just – it all just kind of came to where we always are with LeBron when he's about to hit free agency and rumored to go somewhere else. Yeah, and so you mentioned Ka- Kawhi earlier. Were you thinking, <laughs> like, Kawhi potentially to the Knicks? Just like that, because just, I think all options are 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 open when it comes to Kawhi. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the thing is, the Spurs aren't going to do anything, you know, crazy or now Kawhi will be a little bit in the driver's seat because he'll say, well, when my contract's up, I'm going to go here or there. If it really is a Jordan thing or a shoot thing or you know, his handler saying, you know, big city has to be a big city. I mean, you don't need to be the biggest city in the world, you know, but he it, doesn't have no the world trade. has changed. He doesn't have a no trade clause, though. So San Antonio could do something crazy. They could. But then Kawhi could be like, I'm going to sit out. You know, I don't think he would sit out another season or anything like that. But, you know, you just be like, well, I'm going to, you know, the thing is, he'd be leaving money on the table. I don't know how like right. the things work after trade with the Supermax and all that shit. Because he's um, still he's under contract through next year. And then he has a player option. And that's forward. his the closest yeah. thing he has to any leverage is I will exercise that and go where I want if you don't deal right. me to someone I want one your deal then for whoever yeah. you trade him to right yeah and you're getting a guy with like a you know mysterious injury which I'm telling you if, if the Knicks get him that injury will become career ending if he goes <laughs> to any other team he could become you know Kawhi that we've always known and loved um, and again like what am I going to be upset like if I see a Kawhi Knicks Photoshop. It's going to move a little bit. Cause right, it's... like, I'm going to be thrilled. I'm like, hey, the Knicks are getting a top 10 player in the league. And, it, hey, now defense is actually looking really good with him. Yeah, oh, my God. Him and Frankie Lee and, and Frankie and... KP down. Oh, my oh, God. Now right. we're talking, Rob. Right. Talking. Like, hey, maybe they can compete with the Sixers. 
What a therapy session. We just talked ourselves back into the Knicks by coming up with a solution for a player who like is like straight up just not playing anymore. Oh. It's his peak Nick fan right now. We've hit peak Nick fan. And if they can somehow keep the pick this year, if they get Mikhail Bridges and Kawhi on the wing, nobody's <laughs> scoring on the Knicks. Nobody's but it's like, on the Knicks. what are you giving San Antonio for him if you were ever going to trade for him? You know, like you have to hope that he hits free agency and then signs with you, which I don't think would happen. But like, that's what you're basically praying for at that point. Cause then you're getting him for what, well, you know, the money and all that and all that shit. But what the hell do you think it would take for the Knicks to sign like a top five free agent? I mean, or when it would take a new owner <laughs> first and foremost. So like that's the thing. These the guys are dumb. Yeah. Like think about like when, when everyone knows how shitty your owner is, it's yeah. it's no it's no secret. So it's like you're gonna tell me like if if you wanted to work for a company and you're like, well, the people there are good, it's a great place, blah blah blah. But the owners are really, you know, the the, the CEO is a real asshole. Like, right. it's gonna fuck up. Like, who's gonna want to go there? And I like everything we know about the Knicks in the last twenty years is dumpster fire. So I just don't see it. I like I don't I, that I think that's why I'm in the state I'm in. I just don't know what would have to happen. <laughs> For that to happen. Like there's so many better places to go. Teams are so smart these days. Teams are smarter than us these days. We can't even play the big market card and all that kind of stuff. And it's – we're at the age now where big market literally just doesn't matter. It doesn't – exactly. It doesn't matter and th- we're in the spot where it's I want to go and play with one to two other superstars. Our superstar, we had one that was one of those guys that maybe could attract someone. He's hurt now though. So it's like right. even that like – you can like if – you know, I'm not going to say like a, a Kawhi or someone. I mean, Kawhi in this situation sounds like it's very market driven. But say there's like a big free agent who like gets out there and wanted to leave his team. For some reason, he just hated his team. Like it's like if he wants to win, he's going to like look at Milwaukee before he looks at us. Now, again, you're, it's a big market change there, right? You're not going to New York. But it's like Giannis is fucking Giannis. He's going to be an MVP candidate, hopefully, for the next, you know, 10 years. Right. You play with Giannis. Even, like, the young talent, like, Malcolm Brogdon's an intriguing, like, young guy you get to play with. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Henson is a guy that, okay, we have a rim protector. Like, we have this on lockdown. Like, Chris Middleton's an intriguing guy. It's it's like, okay, maybe I'm the final piece here. Like, I can win, you know, especially if LeBron gets older when he leaves. Like, okay, I can contend in the East with Giannis. Brogdon, Henson, Snell, Middleton, and me. Yeah, and you're gonna, you know, the Celtics are always gonna be able to finagle shit because they have Trader Danny doing his thing. The Sixers are the Sixers. Like, there's so many better spots that just fit better than the Knicks. The the Knicks have like weaved this whole, you know, the mecca of basketball and this whole tale of franchise and all this stuff for a team that's won two fucking championships and they've been around forever. Right, and they won two championships those 70 and 73 teams i know they were fun and teamwork and stuff but like you know it's like tall tales told about them that like you know that shit doesn't mean nothing when it's you know mid-march and everyone's miserable because it's another you know 31 season and another coach is getting fired the only thing they can sell people (laughs) on is you would be a god in the biggest city in the world if (laughs) you were a winner with the knicks yeah like that that would be one 
one thing I was I was actually thinking because like the Mark Jackson ties with the Knicks is like if if there was a New York guy that was like I want to come a real coming home video a real I'm coming yeah, home video yeah. not some bullshit Melo who's like the most uh, like if you say Baltimore I'm like Carmelo Anthony and right, they try to right. push it off as Brooklyn get the fuck out of here um, I thought you were gonna say the biggest thing the Knicks could pull is you know Michael Beasley's here <laughs> you want to play with Beasley I mean that is a star <laughs> like Beasley. I, that, like that's the thing with this Knicks team, man. Like, there's some characters where it's like they could, like, from a fan standpoint, this team's fun because you have characters like Beasley and Cantor and Frankie and mm-hmm. and Trey Burke and and Kristaps and those guys. Oh, and Kyle like, Quinn, man, Kyle Quinn's oh, my Quinn, dude, right? Yeah. So, like, from a fan standpoint, it's it's kind of fun because they're like, all right, these dudes are easy to cheer for, like. You know what? Like, yeah, they suck, but they're out there, like, busting their ass and, like, competing. Like, the first, you know, couple games of the season were super fun. And then it's just like, but who, like, how can they win consistently? I just don't, yeah, I just don't think, I think that's why we're in the state, the state we are. So that's, that's the problem. Like you said, if there was a dude that came back and was like, I want to do it, I want to win, I want to become, like, you know, but it's just so hard these days, especially with the way the media scrutiny is to then you're also if you're going to go to the Knicks and say KP's healthy, say KP comes back fine. Best case scenario, say they hit on a pick. I'm not saying they get, you know, they hit on like a fucking superstar, but they hit on, you know, a, a solid number two or something like that. Frankie develops even next year. They hit on something good and a guy comes in like you're dealing with the Sixers unless, you know, MB goes down and Simmons has issues again and Fultz fucking gets scared to go on the court again. Like shit like that. You're dealing with the Celtics like it's not going to be, you know, the Celtics are young, good and dumb talented, you know. So it's like you're dealing you're going to have other things just in your division, let alone whatever happens in the East and the post LeBron, you know, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto's going to Toronto's still going to like they're going to win 50 games every year. Yep. Yep. And I mean, I never know what'll happen with the Wizards with John Wall. And I mean, that's your guy right there. Like yeah. that was a guy I was like, John Wall, just come to New York and save us from this goddamn misery. Like right. the New Yorkers can get their dicks hard for a point guard no matter what. If John Wall had somehow come here, but I always thought him and Boogie were going to go somewhere and you know, re- reignite the Kentucky love. If they could get god, John Wall and DeMarcus to the Knicks would be Boogie in New York would be like Oakley esque, it would. It. I mean, we'll see what the how he bounces back. Like that could be the thing that like you know lowers his prices with the injury right. and how he bounces back. Like, I hope he's fine. I love Boogie. Um, that was the thing about this year though. Like from my perspective, I was you know I'm obviously the Knicks blogger at Barstool. Like I just didn't find this. It's not a bad thing for like Knicks fans, but like this team wasn't. It was a char- team full of characters, but it didn't have like the same like it. You know, it was probably like for the better. It wasn't a circus. It's but not it just blog was, characters. They're just it's, good, yeah. it's it's fan characters. Fan characters, game stuff, you know, during the games. But like last year was like the craziest year I ever had. I mean, it's like we're gonna call the super team before the season starts. <laughs> Derek Rose disappears. Phil Jackson's fighting with people. Mellow's doing mellow shit. Like this season was kind of like a like I was like trying to like block stuff, and I'm like, there's really not a lot. Like Cantor had his things in the beginning. Right, right. And that was about it. And then once Porzingis went down, it was just like it's over. It was yeah. blog about the Titanic. It's like it's just sinking, we're still sinking, we're underwater. Everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, you know, like the, the the team two years ago now was like you could knock out three blogs a day just talking about them. 
<laughs> just dumb, <laughs> stupid shit from and Phil on stuff. You're not like recycling information. It's like, nope, this actually happened at 9.30 this morning. The Charles Oakley thing was like a full month worth of shit, you know, yep. where it's like they're yep. going to court and Dolan's, you know, kicking him out for life and he's bringing in Spreewell. And they're like, it was, that was just, it was just a circus for the entire season, which again, like for all this stuff about Dolan, hands off, blah, blah, blah. Like what he did during that Oakley fiasco, granted Oakley went after him to start with, but like, that guy, as I'm telling you, as long as James Dolan owns this team, we will never win a thing. I'm, I told you, I am, boy, I am never going back to watch a Knicks game at MSG until Dolan sells the team. I'm a Knicks fan until I die, but I'm never, ever going back to Matt. I went the day after Oak, the Oakley thing, and I said, this is my last game until James Dolan sells the team. So we'll see what happens. Or dies. Or dies. Whatever happens first. I mean, that's the only thing that can happen here. Yep. Only thing that can happen here. All right, Clem. That was our therapy session. Let it out. Feels better. <laughs> we just we just need to get Kawhi, draft Mikael Bridges, and then then we're fine. <laughs> Otherwise, we're gonna stink again. Easy, easy peasy. Okay. You know, the, the most the most savvy franchise in the NBA. We just have to have get their best player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there's the Knicks will always outsmart the Spurs. <laughs> always outsmart the Spurs. Clem, you're the best. Everyone knows where to follow you. If not, the Clem report on everything, right? Yep. Yes, sir. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye.